Hey people, welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales coach and consultant who works with coaches, business owners, and people in the world of sales who want to become more comfortable and confident in selling in their own natural human way. If you're enjoying the podcast episodes and would like to access some great free resources linked to the podcast series through the monthly newsletter, which also includes podcast extracts and news on upcoming masterminds, live streams and events, then you can email me chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com. That's chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com and quote, let's do this. This episode of Not Another Sales Podcast is brought to you by Mindful Talent, a global coaching organization that trains aspiring coaches and innovative leaders. Their programs, The Trusted Coach and The Trusted Leader, are founded on the principles of mindfulness and developed in alignment with contemporary neuroscience, offering a globally recognized coaching qualification that is accredited by the Association for Coaching. Their online blended learning program has qualified hundreds of participants around the world, helping them to gain an edge in life and in business by increasing their emotional and social intelligence and their ability to connect with others. If you're interested in training with this incredible organization, which I would highly recommend, then you can visit their website and use my personalized URL code to gain 10% off any of their programs. www.mindfultalent.coach That's www.mindfultalent.coach and reference my code, not another sales. And now, on with the episode. In today's episode, I'm joined by founder of High Performance Health Academy, personal trainer and American ninja warrior, Dan Holgan. And Dan and I are going to be talking all about the five layers of creating high-performing habits. We'll be talking through each layer, why it's important, what gets in the way of being successful with it, and providing some practical tips on how you can get very clear and intentional with building it into your everyday life. Dan will also be sharing his emotional and life-changing story that turned his life around and has led him to where he is today. So sit back, grab a pen and pad, and enjoy. Dan, welcome. How are you? Doing good, man. Thank you for having me, Chris. You're very welcome. Very welcome. I'm glad we've finally got the opportunity to speak again after some uh, technical difficulties a few, a couple of months ago. So it's great to great to have you back on. Well, it you know it's something that has happened in the past with other people, and I've been able to reconnect with them, and it's because it was meant to be, man. That's why. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, <laughs> thanks for joining me on an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. You know, really excited yeah. to be speaking to you. So, um, so Dan, for people that, that aren't too familiar with with who you are, it'd be great to to get a bit more of an understanding for their benefit of um of your story. Really, what what's brought you to where you are today as well? Yeah. So before going into what I do and, and who I help. Um, yeah, let me give you a bit of a backstory about where I've been over the past few years. Um, I'm going to take you back, Chris, to October, October of 2013. And at this time in my life, um, you know, I'm working in a job that I hate, I hate it. I'm working in construction. I don't know if you've ever done any of that stuff before, but, uh, it's not fun if, you know, if you're just doing it to pass the time or if you know you should be doing something different, but you're not. And that's kind yeah. of where I was. And, you know, I'm working long hours out of town, away from my family and just not really feeling fulfilled. And it was just five years before this, during the recession that we had here in the United States, 
that my business as a personal trainer had failed. And deep down, like I really, I really just feel helpless to change my life. And I go over to my friend coach's house and, and I call him coach because, you know, he is my, my football coach. Um, but more so he's my mentor, my father figure, my best friend. I mean, this man is everything to me and his truck is out front of the house and, and the shades are drawn, but he's not answering the door as, as I'm knocking. And so something just like, I don't know, man, you ever get like that feeling where it just, it just doesn't feel right. Like your intuition kind of kicks yeah. in and you know, something's up. And so something doesn't seem right with all of this. So I did like the only thing that I could think of in the moment, man. And like, like every episode of, of cops. And I mean, that's a show here in the U S I'm not sure if they have it in London too, but like every episode that you could think of, of like the police breaking into a house, man, like full force. I just kicked the door in as hard as I could and just bust in the front, like really just trying to figure out what was going on. And I go around the house and I'm looking for a coach and I'm calling his name out. And I go down into his bedroom, which is in the downstairs, and I find him lying in bed under the covers. And so I'm thinking in my head, like, so, like I thought something bad had happened. But as I go back to, to pull the covers to wake him up, I find that, that my best friend is dead. And, um, man, it was just like, it was five days before this that he had drawn my, my kid and I into a hug in our front yard after meeting her for the first time. Uh And he's like, we're family now. And he's got one arm around me, the other around my kid, my, my young daughter. And he kisses each of us on the forehead. And that was the last time that we talked. And it was five days later that I found him. So, yeah, man, it was heavy. Um, So coach's death sends me into this deep depression, as you can imagine, and really just triggers the worst six months of my life. You know, I lose my job shortly after my fiance and I split. I moved back into my mom's house. I slowly gained 30 pounds and my truck is totaled in a car accident. Like no joke, I was, I was living like a like a damn old country song, man. Like anything that that could have happened did, and it was in mm-hmm. such a short amount of time. And to top all that off, Chris, I racked up like forty thousand dollars in credit card debt trying to trying to buy back my happiness. Like, like I would be, I would just pick a destination here in the United States. And I would just book a flight and I would just go because I just wanted to feel like I just wanted to feel like I was doing something like I was going somewhere. And the whole rush, the whole high of the experience was being on the plane and and moving through the airport and feeling so good. But the moment that I ended up at the destination, wherever I was going, it was right back to feeling miserable. Yeah. Right back to, to feeling unfulfilled and unhappy. And this was just like a cycle for me. And like I said, I just racked up so much debt trying to trying to buy that happiness back. And so during this time, um, and I feel lost. I feel alone. 
I don't care if I, I live or die, you know, and that's a story for another time. But I have no clue how to even begin regaining control over my mindset and, and my motivation. Because remember, I'm 30 pounds heavier than I've ever been at the, at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. But then I get a call from my friend Ryan. And my friend Ryan was like, yo, I got somebody that wants to work with a, with a fitness coach right now. Do you want the job? Now, remember, I, I haven't had a client in years. I'm 30 yeah. pounds overweight, but yeah, the call feels like a lifeline, man. And while my head is saying I can't, that, that like shiny, small, glimmery voice of hope in my heart was saying, go for it. And I do. And it was the best decision I ever made. And it was that same day that I found the motivation to start running again, to start regaining control of my health. And a few days later, I was coaching my first client. Mm. So the thing is, is like when I stopped coaching five years before, I lost my reason for being. Like through this whole process, for, for if this lands with anybody right now, you can't lose your reason for being. And, and being able to get back to mind reconnected me with the most purposeful work that, that I've ever found in my life. Yeah. And what I found now is that, you know, my purpose is to coach others to, to lead a more impactful, to lead a more healthy minded and physically fit lifestyle. People that have gone through things that, you know, may have held them back in the past. And I just want to be show people that it, it really doesn't matter where you're at in terms of, you know, having it all to losing it or, or never having it and being at the bottom, like there's a way out. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what this, this is all about now. And so that's what I do is I founded a company that helps people to regain control of their health um, that are just in a low spot and needing that hand up. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, you know, thank you so much, Dan, for sharing that story because I'm, I'm sure it's not uh, an, an easy one to tell, no matter how many times you've told it. So, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I was telling you about that, that friend of mine named Ryan that mm-hmm. that called me that day. Um, guess who that client ended up being? No idea. <laughs> it was Ryan. Oh, it was really? Ryan. <laughs> It was his way of, of being a good friend to help pull me out of the darkest time of my life because, yeah. you know, I, I guess, I guess we all get by with a little help from our friends, right? Yeah, <laughs> we certainly do. We certainly yeah. do. Yeah, and, man. And, uh, you know, there's, there's some, so many stories that I can imagine you've got from that, as you mentioned about the, um, you know, you lost your reason for being, but, and obviously the purpose it's given you now to, to help other people, particularly from a, a health and fitness point of view. And I think, you know, this brings us on to what we were talking about today. When people think about, um, you know, being healthy and being in, in good shape and it's it's all around the kind of strategy and having a good routine and having the right kind of habits. But there's a lot more to that and there's a lot of things that, that come before that. And, and clearly, um, you know, for example, we're surrounded these days by so many gyms and so many other things. So it's not a lack of strategy or ways of doing it it's something stopping us before that so what do you think are those those blockers or those things that we need to get right mentally as you kind of alluded to in your story before we can we can act on them yeah i think that a lot of times um you're going to hear people say like well the only thing getting in in the way of your success is yourself you know like 
that answer just is, is spewed out there so much. And while I think there's some truth to that, that isn't, that isn't really giving anybody any real type of action step to take or, or way to think. And I think that for the majority of people that struggle with making health, making fitness a, a lifestyle, as opposed to just something that they do for the short term, um, is changing the ways that they think, you know, because we can all do something for eight weeks or 12 weeks without changing anything in terms of how we think. Like we can just follow a diet plan and we can go to the gym and follow what a trainer tells us to do. But what happens when that diet plan is no longer there? What happens when that trainer is no longer meeting you at the gym three days a week? Mm. If you haven't changed the way that you think about transformation, then it can make it really difficult to sustain it over the long term. So really the answer here is that you've got to be able to change the way that you think. And I know that that's like a really uh, surface level answer, but I think that there's different levels of transformation and of health and fitness and how to think that you've got to understand and know up front so that when you're when you're faced with a struggle or when you're faced with something that's not allowing you to progress, if you know the levels that are involved with this whole process, I think that it can just make it a little bit easier. And really there, there are like five different levels of transformation that I think that people should know about. And the first level is the level of environment. You know, you can't, you can't heal in the same place that you got sick. Yeah. And what I mean by environment is like, your immediate surroundings and, and really like you've got you've got two options at this point you can either adapt or or you can change you know and, and regarding adapting to your environment like in general i think it's just it's easier to to change your physical environment than it is your social i think it's easier to remove fake food out of your house i think it's easier to you know trade your netflix membership for one at a gym but it's 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 not so easy to walk away from your marriage or your career especially if you've got people counting so if you have those responsibilities so that's what i mean by that yeah yeah absolutely i think on that point as well it's it we can we can get so attached out of sentiment or emotion just feeling like I talked about this before in the, our environment, particularly our friends, is that, oh, you know, we, we treat our friends as if once they come into our life, they can't leave. But sometimes friends are just like jobs there. They're good for a certain period of time. They might be a good summer job, but you know, they've served their purpose. And if they're not supporting you or adding value to you, then they, they shouldn't be in your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And we start like friend hoarding. Yeah. And by the time we know it, it's like we've, we've got this beautiful collection of people that are destroying our happiness. They're destroying our environment. And so we kind of get stuck and, mm-hmm. you know, I know what that's like. Um, Cause th- that was something that I struggled with too, because, you know, I've by, by just historically, I've just been kind of one of those guys that wants to make everybody happy and doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. But, you know, at the same time though, adapting to, to my environment doesn't mean that, I get to settle for less or, or, you know, choosing to be powerless because you may not always have control over those circumstances in your life, but I think that you always have control over how you respond to them. Definitely. 
And so I think that at this level of environment, really the action steps that people can take for this is to, to slow down and to focus on managing your reaction to some of the negative thoughts or circumstances or situations and really identify those, um, you know, those problematic nouns, I call them. problematic nouns would be like people, places, and things. You know, if you need to, if you want to change your environment, we got to get clear on identifying these, these problematic nouns. So for people, like we just mentioned, like who are those people who pose the greatest threat to your happiness, to your success, to your health, to your fulfillment? Who are they? Mm. And then with the places, what are those environments that have caused you to be where you're at? You know, when a flower doesn't bloom, you, you fix the environment in which it grows, not the flower, you know? Yeah. So, so we got to like get clear on where these places really are. And then finally, the things, what are those things that hold us back? You know, having it be so easy to be addicted to our devices or to material things or to foods, whatever these things are that are really distracting us from our purpose. And if I can just add a little bit more to this, I was talking about the two options here. You can either adapt or change. Well, that was talking about adapting to our environment, but actually changing our environment. Like it's really important when you change your environment to start slow. You got to start slow with it because it's got to be sustainable to work over the long term. I mean, how many of us, and I'm raising my hand as I say this, but how many of us has just dived head in with something, especially with health, man. Like maybe you, you say, all right, I'm going to make a change. You know, so you, you go buy a new pair of shoes, yeah. you buy a gym membership, you start a new Instagram account, like you <laughs> give rid of all the food in your house and you buy only organic. Like it's easy to just dive in head first, right? Cause it's exciting. Yeah. But it, a lot of times it's not sustainable. And I think that, sustainability starts within ourselves and really to, to begin focusing on our standards, our principles. Mm -hmm. So the action step here to changing your environment is really to, to, to identify what those key principles are. And so step one here, um, step one here would be to, to identify like three to five people that you really look up to. And then write out the reasons why you admire them so much. You know, if I have three people that I look up to because they're all great fathers and the way that they're present with their children, then I'm going to write that down. And then after you've done this and, and you've written out why you admire them, look for these common themes that keep popping up. They're great parents. They prioritize their health. They move their body on a regular basis. They're kind to people, whatever that may be. And then actually write out those of your own, those principles of your own that are important to you to live by and the common themes and, and figure out a way to write it in a way that aligns with the principles that you want to live your life by. Yeah. I just think that it's so critical at this stage in the game to, to get clear on what it is that you stand for. Um, you know, because of, of really two two big reasons. Number one is these are going to kind of act like the navigational beacons that kind of help to guide you through through daily decision making. And if you're clear on the standards and and you've set and and the principles that you live by, and 
a storm hits, you're so much more likely to get back on track than if you just than if you're just reacting based off of how you feel in the moment. But when you have a clear set of principles that you that you're living by, it just makes it so much easier. Yeah, I think to add on that point there, Dan, as as well, um, going back to the environment and also the behavior point, I think, you know, it's important, as you said, to to establish what we stand for, but why we stand for what we stand for. That makes sense. That's a bit of a time tangler at first. But I think, you know, you mentioned um, quite rightly so when we're when we do look to impose change in our life, we try and do it all at once. We go and buy the new shoes. We get (laughs) we throw everything out. But. We don't actually get clear. And that's that's all again around the strategies and, and the habits, but we don't actually sort out internally like why we're doing this. And I don't think people are yes. clear enough from the offset. And this is the first thing you should do is get clear as yeah. to why you want to make that change because it needs to become, it, not because other people are telling you or because you've seen all your friends doing it and other things, there needs to be a deeper meaning. And us as human beings, we're more motivated to avoid pain than to achieve gain. So, what I'd suggest here, which I think when I, I, when I work with people from a, a coaching point of view, not necessarily from a, a physical point of view, but even from a mental point of view as well, which, which obviously both relate um, and hand in hand, is to create a list of not just what you want, but why you want to change from where you are. Like writing down, why do you want to change from where you are and why do you want to do it now? Like almost creating Absolutely. that, building that pain inside your brain of, oh God, like this is not just going, oh, this is where I want to be, but okay, what, why is it you want to change from here? Like, what is it, what's happening right now to cause you for this? Because that's the kind of stuff you need to remind yourself of when it gets tough, when, you know, you're going through that journey and the workouts get tougher or the diet or whatever it is, is that's where you get your mindset aligned first and foremost, before you step into any strategies or tactics of how you're going to maintain it. Yeah, that's so true, man. And, you know, right before we got on on this this call, um, I had a great lunch with a, a really up-and-coming uh, fitness coach. His name is John Young. And he was asking for me about a client that he has. And he's like, you know, I've been working with this person. And we've been struggling to get him on board and, like, really committed to the process. What What do you think I should do here? And I told him that I think that it's really important that people get really emotionally connected to the reasons why they want to regain control of their health, Mm -hmm. why they want to eat better, why they want to have more energy. Like what are the, the emotional reasons? Because I think that people, people react, people respond, people are motivated by emotion. They're not necessarily just motivated by uh, losing 20 pounds or 30 pounds or whatever it may be. But when you get people connected to, how it's going to make them feel so that they can have more energy to run around with their kids so that they can have the, the endurance of stamina to be able to keep up with their husband or wife climbing up a mountain so that they can just feel more present when they're around their family at Thanksgiving or a Christmas dinner, whatever it may be. I think when you can get connected with people on that level, I think that it makes sticking to the program a lot easier yeah yeah definitely and, and and a really simple way to do this if you're listening and you've got someone who is wanting to make that change or you're wanting to do it yourself is to go in front of the mirror or to talk to someone and ask that question but why i want to lose 20 yeah. pounds but why to do this but why so the keep you keep asking that until you find that intrinsic 
emotive reason yeah. as to why you want to start. And that's that's what you need to remind yourself of. Not, oh, I want to lose 20 or 30 pounds. It's like you say, because I want to um, be able to run around with my kids. Or, for example, for me, well, I've got a history of heart disease and my dad's side of the family. So that's the kind of intrinsic motivator for me and that I want to ensure that I stay as fit and healthy as possible to, to not necessarily... Um, overcome that but if it does come about that i'm in the best position to be able to deal with it absolutely man and that actually brings us to to the second level here which is now that we're clear on getting connected to this and what we need to do the second level here is is our behaviors and really like the task at hand that we want to change so for example like um prioritizing yourself over other people or eating more nutrient-dense food, or reevaluating our peer group, or just exercising more, like whatever the, the, the behavior that needs to change is. And really the action step here is to identify those, you know? So identify what behaviors you're gonna need to change in order to be successful, but, but like really spend some time here. Because I think when I, when I talk with people about this, initially they just go right to the surface level. You know, they want to, they just want to be able to lose some weight. They want to be able to tone up this and that they want to be able to eat better, but they don't really understand what that looks like. So I want you to spend more time here and like, get really clear, go a little bit deeper than just what comes to mind first off. So maybe it's that you want to be able to change that, you know, the fact that, that maybe you're overly critical or overly judgmental to yourself or to others. Maybe, Maybe you want to change the behavior that you're, you're just abrupt with your spouse or you're demanding with your kids or you're overly distracted or you're a procrastinator, whatever it may be. But really spend time and identify what those behaviors are. And, and what I recommend people doing is, is finding 10 of them. Like sit down, number a piece of paper, one through 10, and really spend some time writing this stuff out. And don't get up until you have 10. Mm. And then from those 10, I would say just start plugging away. Start, start crossing them off your list. Start attacking the ones that you feel are going to make you get to that next level the quickest. Like what are the ones that you can just do right now that you can address right now that are going to make the biggest difference for you? Yeah. But you've got to put this time in up front to focus on what these behaviors are, what your environment is, or it's really just going to be something that's fleeting that really doesn't stick with you over the long term. Yeah. And, and the things that we've mentioned, for example, that people's surface level ones might be on lose 20 or 30 pounds. That's not, that's the outcome. That isn't, you know, that's not the behavior. That's not the ingredients. That's as we talked about before we started, it's, it's the cake at the end of it. It's, you've got to, you've got to look at what, what the ingredients are and that's your, things that you've mentioned here around your environment, your behavior. So get very clear on what's the outcome, what's the process involved in it. Yeah, no doubt. And I know some people listening right now are probably thinking like, okay, Dan, Chris, that's great. You know, tell me what the behaviors I need to change. Okay. I've identified these. Now what, like what's, what's the next part of this? And really that's where this third level comes into play. And which is, is your level of competence, your level of skill. You know, I think a lot of times we don't rise to the level of our goals because we fall to the level of our skill sets. Mm-hmm. And so this level is really about how to achieve a specific task or a behavior and really just how to win in the future. 
Yeah. And I think that one of the things that we can do to increase our skills are to surround ourselves with people that are willing to pour into us. Mentors, coaches, trainers, going to live events, connecting with people on social media, just like you and I. That's how we connected, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So I think at this level of competence, you know, and, and building skill sets, the action steps here are really to, number one, look to the future, you know, like thinking about what what key skill sets am I going to need to be able to, to be able to survive, to be able to stay afloat at that next level? Mm-hmm. Now, who am I going to need to become? And then once you're clear on what those skill sets are, obsessively develop those skills. You know, here's a perfect example, man. I compete on this, um, on this show here in America called American Ninja Warrior. And it's basically like this um, crazy obstacle course that's, uh, you know, 40 to 50 feet in the air. And it's all of these crazy obstacles where you're hanging on by your fingertips and you're swinging and climbing. But when I first set out for this, I wasn't in anywhere near the shape that I'm in now. But the only reason that I was able to develop that skill set was because I looked to the future and thinking about, okay, if I want to be successful and if I want to complete this course, go through these obstacles with strength and confidence. What am I going to need to develop in order to make this happen? Okay, well, I need to get stronger uh, grip strength. I need to be able to have more core stability. I need to be able to uh, better manage my my emotions under pressure. I need to, you know what I mean? So I'm thinking about what I'm going to need to develop in order to make this a success. Yeah, and, and on that point as well, Dan, I think what you've, what you've mentioned there is that what you've been doing throughout that, this process of competence of your skill set is asking yourself questions rather than making statements and what i mean by that is that we can get caught into the trap of sometimes thinking i'm not good at this i can't do that or if it's about diet i'm not very good at cooking or you know i'm not a great runner it's like okay your brain i use this analogy your brain is like a google search anything you type into it it will come back with results if you're telling yourself that it's going to look for all the reasons it'll be like oh yeah do you remember in you know, when you were growing up and you burnt the house down nearly with some cooking something, don't try that again. But if you're actually <laughs> yeah. putting in more constructive questions into it, how can I, this is where we start utilizing our brain to its full effect and it starts creating yes. these pathways to start thinking more creatively. Okay, well, how can I become better at cooking or how can I become more effective at running? And then it starts creating all these strategies that support the, the behaviors and the mindset that it's built on. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't have that belief, then a lot of that stuff just a lot of times that's where we're going to fall short. Yeah. You don't have that belief, which which is actually, you know, that was a great time to mention that. But that's the next level. You know, the fourth level of transformation is the belief. You know, your reality is a reflection of your strongest beliefs. Mm. If we believe that creating our ideal body or having healthy relationships isn't important, our lifestyle is going to mirror that. That's what's going to show up for us. If we don't believe that it's necessary to change the moment that things start to get heavy, we're always going to revert back and find a way to self-sabotage. If we have kids and we don't teach them to believe that that health is is number one of utmost importance, they're likely going to grow up with the notion that it's expendable. Mm-hmm. So I think that at this level, man, that that the action steps here that really made a difference for me as I was going through this process. And as I, 
as I coach this to students that that come through our doors, is that beliefs are these these deep seated reasons in our subconscious that are really guarded by our emotions, and they're best resolved by creating awareness around when these negative beliefs coming up. Number one, as soon as it comes up, having that awareness. Number two is acknowledging it in the moment that this belief has to change in order to move forward. Mm-hmm. And then really after that is creating an empowering response and attaching emotional connections as to why it's meaningful to you. Remember, like I said, we're motivated by our emotions. So creating an empowering message or mantra and then attaching those emotional reasons why. You know, yeah. for example, um, Regaining control of my health is the only way that I'll be able to ensure a long life to spend with my family and to climb mountains with my wife or my husband, like I was saying earlier, but, but like really getting clear on why that's so important. Yeah. Why you value that so much. Yeah. And I think, I mean, what you were talking about here from from a health perspective, I think, you know, this is something that people can take as a blueprint for, for any aspect of their life, really, in terms of yes. starting a business or a hobby or, you know, even in their career of, of a promotion is is getting all of these these layers right. So I think, you know, if people are listening to this, that, um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, health is, is so important because it does feed into those other areas, but it's definitely something you can lift and sort of, you know, trace over in other areas as well. Yeah, you know, and a, and a lot of people that come through our doors that we help, are people that have big aspirations for their legacy, for their life, things that they want to accomplish. But the majority of them don't put their health first as if like, as if it wasn't as important. You know, a lot of times it's people that have sacrificed their health for the growth of their business. Yeah. But the truth is that if you want to have any kind of legacy, man, like health has to be number one. Yeah. Or your life's going to get cut short. Yeah. And it's not just physical health, of course, it's, it's your emotional health. And that is something that's yeah. probably neglected even more so than physical sometimes yeah. because it's something that <laughs> as human beings, we can't see it, we can't measure it. So therefore, yeah. it doesn't seem, it just seems to be that, and you were just talking there about beliefs and that people get stuck in a narrative sometimes just feeling like, oh, this is just the way I am or I'm just not good with money. I'm just not this, I'm just not that. And it's just about realizing at this stage, you said with beliefs and that all the beliefs you have in your head you've either put there or someone else has put there but you have the power and the choice to change them they're just a story yeah they're just a narrative they are not fact exactly and having the awareness to identify those can can be the deal breaker for sure mm. and actually man you i feel like you and i are on the same wavelength here because the next level of this is what you just mentioned, like that level of identity of what you what you're associating your mindset with. You know, the, this level of identity is like really this this incredible in, invisible force that really controls our whole life, good and bad. You know, a perfect example. When I was growing up, man, I grew up believing that, you know, that old saying sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And maybe this was just like a, a 90s thing before we started recognizing just how powerful words can be. But the two most influential words that we know are I am. Mm. I am. Like if we identify as I am a smoker, it's going to be incredibly difficult to change that. If we identify with I am 
fat, it's always going to be a struggle to make healthy choices. So it's this level of identity that that we also need to keep in check and to be addressing. But again, you know, a lot of times this gets put by the wayside because, like you said, it, it's it's hard to measure it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to measure it. Yeah, and and I and I think it's communication, um, even to to other people and to ourselves, even when we're alone, is is something that people, again, you know, just overlook and it's it's so powerful yeah. the words coming out of our mouth in terms of how we describe ourselves because the more we we kind of create that narrative the more likely that we're creating that environment as you said that first layer there that's then going to support that narrative if we're telling everyone around us that we're not good at money and then we start getting known to be we're not good at money or oh so and so he's not good at losing weight he always goes on yo-yo diets everyone else is going to start yeah. doing that narrative and then that's just going to reinforce that belief that oh look you know everyone else knows that i'm like this anyway so if i try it and don't succeed then you know everyone's going to expect it anyway so oh well no doubt no doubt i had a conversation with a client this morning who was in a similar place where she is down 33 pounds in her first seven weeks she's has more energy she's sleeping better than she ever has she's eating healthier foods more now than she ever has but yet she's struggling to let go of in her words that that fat girl mentality Mm. she's struggling to let go of how she used to be the person she used to be and one of the biggest struggles is um you know just thinking thinking as somebody who is transforming her life and again i think that a big part of it is changing that level of identity. And I think some of the action steps here that people can take if they're struggling with that quote, fat girl or fat guy mentality, even after they've achieved some level of transformation is to really to, to stand up to that inner critical voice, you know, and as that negative conversation is happening in your head, stop it and replace it with the truth, which is, which is almost always the opposite of what you're saying, right? Yeah. And to really just spend a few minutes thinking about your future self and and really go deep here. This is what's going to make the biggest difference is spending some time here. I know I said it earlier, but go deeper here and thinking of your future self and who you, who you get to become, you know, what does that look like for you? Who are you with? What are you doing? How, how are you impacting the world? What would you be doing if you were in your future self with, with your ideal body and your ideal, like, what does that look like? Yeah. Because I think that people that, people that have any success and this could be any area of your life, really, they're constantly seeking clarity. Mm. It, it allows them to just get better at recognizing the distractions and those negative conversations because they're constantly refocusing on what's important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, for for all these uh layers that you've mentioned as well, I think there's a few things that that come to mind, particularly the point earlier you mentioned about not trying to do everything at once. And three things for me, and I talk to people about this not just from a health perspective, but it's be patient, be kind, be reflective, be patient with yourself in that it's not gonna happen overnight and, and that's okay. Yeah. Don't be yeah disillusioned by the stuff you see on instagram and 
Um, you know, I had a guest yeah. of mine on my podcast called Lauren Everts, and her thing was stay in your own lane. You know, once you've yeah. determined, <laughs> once you've determined, you know, it's a bit like a sprinter. Do not look left or right. Once you've determined why you want to run that race and you've started, just keep your head down and focus on your journey because your journey is completely different to anyone else's. So the first yeah, one is, no is being patient with that in that, you know, it's a bit like, you know, driving past um, a construction site day by day and you don't see much going on for months. And then all of a sudden you drive past and you're like, wow, where did that come from? It's, it's laying all of those foundations. And then yeah. the second part is being kind to yourself in that if you do mess up, for example, a day where you do eat more than you should or you go and have some bad food or you go on a night out is be kind to yourself and don't think, oh, well, that day is then going to turn into a week. It's okay. Like nothing's, no one's going to die from that. But the best way to deal with that is to get back on in the next day. Don't let a day become three days, become a week. And then you start going, oh, well, I'll start again next Monday or I'll start again in the new year. Or I'll do it as New Year's resolution is be kind to yourself at that moment in time. And then the being reflective as well is acknowledging and, and creating that, having that perspective throughout this process of celebrating those little wins like celebrating as you go along, not just thinking if, if you know where you are now versus where you want to be, that's great. But start determining little milestones in the middle that can help you realize. And it might not be from a visual point of view. It might be from a behavioral point of view, as you've mentioned, or an environmental point of view, all these different layers when you're writing these down. And I think it's great what you've gone through here is that what are some of the milestones, if, if listeners tuning into this now, that you can write down thinking, yeah, I've started to do that in that, or I've done something about my environment or I've done something about my behavior because I no longer get a takeaway on a Friday night or whatever it might be, the smallest of things, start celebrating them because they're the things that are going to help reinforce that journey you're on as well in the long run. Absolutely. And if I can add to that too, giving yourself some kind of reward when you hit these milestones, these smaller wins along the way is something that I've found through my own uh, struggles and regaining control of my health. That really made a difference for me is when I started to get clear on this, when I lost my first five pounds, mm -hmm. 10 pounds, 15 pounds at each one of those milestones, there was something there that I was celebrating. And what I would do is um, I would go out and I would take my, my daughter to dinner and we would celebrate it. And I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like outright, I lost 10 pounds, baby, congrats. You know, it wasn't really like we were celebrating it outright, but yeah. we were celebrating it. And that was my treat to myself. And that really helped to keep me on track. Mm. That really helped to keep me motivated because yeah. I wanted to be a better dad. I wanted to be a more present father. But the way that my health was, it, it really made it it made it challenging. So I was really always looking forward to that next, that next reward for, for the, the milestone that I hit. Yeah. And there's something so powerful as well about when you do something as a, as a direct result, when you, when you link that reward to your goal, because it's all very well going out and buying something or doing something, but when you can actually link it back to, I'm doing this right now, or I've bought this right now, or, I'm having this experience yeah. because of that. It starts creating yeah. that, reinforce that behavior in your mind and your body. We're so wired as humans to be uh, just programmed to seek and find and seek and find and seek and find. And, and every time, every time we find something that we're seeking, we get this, this wonderful hit of 
dopamine of hormone release and it just feels good and we want to do it again and again and you know i just think that when you have a reward something that you're actually working towards and you know that it's in sight you just got to get to that point i think that it just makes the process more enjoyable as well as opposed to just focusing on that end result yeah you know and, and not not appreciating or taking time to uh you know, to experience the things that happen along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And that comes down to that patience part. And, you know, I use the analogy, yeah. it's a bit like when you go on a bike ride, you don't just go on a bike ride to, to get to the destination. You go on a bike ride to enjoy the view along the way and enjoy, yeah. enjoy the ride, and the ups and the downs, and the mountains and the, the challenges, because that's all, that's what it is. That's where the learning is. The experience is in the process, not the outcome. The outcome is great. And that's where you want to get to. But, you know, if it was so easy, you wouldn't really learn much about yourself during the process. Yeah, man. You're so right on that. I like that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So don't don't just focus on the destination. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. Agreed. So, so, so those are really, I think, the, the five levels of transformation that I think that are going to make the biggest difference for people to know. Level one being your environment and realizing that you can't heal in the same place that you've got sick. And that you've got to be able to change some of the things that are immediately around you. Level two being the behavior, the task that you're wanting to change. The third being your current skill set, your current level of competence in which you have to develop. The fourth being your level of belief. And then finally, the fifth is, is that level of identity. And the two most powerful words, which are, I am and what you then say after. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, you know, thank you for sharing that, Dan. I love, I love those five levels. It's definitely something that I'm going to, I'm going to be sharing. And I suppose, you know, you shared your story at the start. Thank you again for that. And obviously it's, you know, it was a clear pivotal moment in your life, but since then, what do you think are some of the things you've learned most about yourself on this journey? And maybe even from that pivotal moment that, that changed your life around. I think one of the the biggest things that I've learned about myself is that I'm stronger than I think. Yeah. I'm stronger than I think. I'm stronger than I'm stronger than what I'm currently struggling with. I'm stronger than my current belief system and what I currently identify as and what I'm capable of. When I first started getting back into exercise, I'm 30 pounds heavier than I've ever been. And instead of going to the gym, like most people would, I went straight to the mountains and started running. It was like the worst thing that you could do in the beginning, man. (laughs) You're super heavy. It's like this, you know, steep mountain that I'm just trying to run up. I couldn't run much of it, hardly at all. Maybe, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. And then I had to stop because I couldn't breathe. But I just continued to push. And even though it took me a little bit longer than... Uh, somebody who maybe have been in better shape, I still completed it Mm. as opposed to just seeing a mountain and being like, Oh, you know, it's too steep or I start identifying with, I'm not a runner or uh, you know, I'm not fit or whatever it may be. Um, I was able to accomplish it. It just, it just took, like you said, the patience, the kindness, (laughs) you know? So, yeah, Yeah. I, I think that I've learned that I'm stronger than I think. Great. And, you know, I, I love watching your videos on Facebook. Very envious each time I see them. 
um, of you going up and down mountains with your other half as well. It looks like such a good a good time. So if I'm ever out that way, I'm definitely going to um, come meet you for a mountain run. I'd love to host you, man. And I'll be I'll be completely honest with you. The the mountains never get easier. Like, let me just be honest. It's still a struggle to run these things. Yeah. But because this the 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 steepness, the incline, that doesn't change. I'm just getting stronger and I'm getting better at running. So I'm challenging myself on more strenuous terrain. So it really doesn't get easier, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dan, <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. You know, your story you shared at the start and um those steps you've shared there. It's been it's been great chatting to you. Yeah, brother. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And um for people that want to stay up to date in your world, Dan, how can they how can they find you and follow you? You know, I would love to be able to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram. And you can find me at both places at Dan Holguin. My last name is spelled H-O-L-G-U-I-N. And yeah, send me a message. Um, share your story with me or just check in and let me know, like, what was one big takeaway that you had from this episode? And I'd love to know. I'd love to know where you're at right now. And if I can offer some additional support, then, then I'd love to be able to do that. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Dan. It's been a, a real pleasure. So glad to finally have got to speak, speak to you. Likewise. Likewise. Glad we made it happen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And for the listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Hey, people. Thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts, you can find me on Instagram not another sales guy underscore in each of those words you can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing not another sales podcast and also if you want to connect with me on linkedin i go by the name of chris hatfield so thanks again and stay tuned for another episode